Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we take on your marriage and relationship issues because we all know if our marriage and relationship issues are a mess, it really impacts our ability to be a witness for Christ in our workplace and it impacts even your ability to do your job. And we also all know that marriage in America is under attack because the enemy knows if he can destroy marriage, he can destroy the family. And if he can destroy the family, he can really mess up with kids' minds. And if he can mess kids' minds up, they won't follow Jesus. The family is there to provide stability in our country, in our world. It was an institution designed by our Heavenly Father. And so that's why Together on Tuesdays exists, so that Martha and I can kind of battle back and forth, can discuss back and forth, and you can learn from us transparently as we share from our own hearts. And we're in this new series, The Lies That Couples Believe, a book based on a book by Dr. Chris Thurman. But before we get to that, a few thank yous. How about Ace Andrews? He'll do a great job today engineering your call. You engineering the show, taking your calls later on when we give away a copy of Surrender, Oh, man, someday you listeners need to be out there. You need to be watching because someday Ace Andrews is going to be a name on the famous preacher circuit. Ace got to preach this past weekend at his church in Sefner, Florida, and he did a phenomenal job. He really should be in the pulpit already. So if anybody's looking for a fantastic preacher who's willing to do a really great job every weekend, Ace Andrews is your guy. (laughs) Jim Brangenberg will give you that reference it just let me know. Just email me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, Jim at IWork, the number four, Him.com. You know, Martha, we every day invite people to join the I Work For Him Nation. Why don't you tell people today why they should join? Well, the thing about the I Work For Him Nation is it's just a way for um, people to connect through the opportunity to remember to commit on a daily basis to pray for their coworkers and employees and to um, be the best person that they can be in their environment at work. And um, it really is just an accountability factor. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to read through the commitment that you make to join the nation, and I'm going to come on board with that and make a commitment personally to Jesus Christ that I am going to try to make a difference in my workplace. Well, and really try... No, do or do not, there is no try. Famous words by Yoda out of Star Trek. I memorized though because somebody said that in a sermon not too long ago. But really, when you look at, we're all called to our mission field, which is our workplace. And it is, as our workplace being our mission field, 
you and me may be the only Jesus our co-workers and employees may ever meet. And so it's so important that we join the nation because of that commitment factor. In fact, I'm surprised that every day there are new people joining uh, because of the compelling nature of the call to pray for those co-workers and employees that we work with every day to, to look for ways to serve them, befriend them, and to pray with them. Well, and it's possible that there are people listening that have made that decision, but they just haven't taken the time to go to the computer and actually join the nation. So um, in order for us to to just know that you're out there, that is why we ask you to join. And I guess I could make it official. I have actually, finally, drum roll, please. Dr- or- Ace, Ace, me a drum roll. <laughs> but I have ordered the bumper stickers that say... I work for him nation. So as soon as they come in, we'll be getting those out to everybody who has joined the nation and any future people. So I know Jim has talked about that for a long time and just been one of those things. I just wanted to make sure it was right. And sorry, I kind of focused on the, the details maybe a little too much. So don't tell me if you don't like them. Because <laughs> <Yeah>, do <laughs> at this that. point, they better be perfect. That's right. No. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag, and join today. Join Martha and I as we pray for those people around us each and every day. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds to be a Christ follower. Romans 12, 2 talks about this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. It's our theme, really, for this show. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You know, so many times in relationships, you and me, we're worried about, you know, what what the ever the issues that other people have you know it's so easy for us to get all worried about what's going on in all the people around us their lives the sin issues that they have the, the things that they struggle with and we get all caught up in it and you know what today we're going to break down the fact that listen and, and everybody just watch out here comes a 2 by 4 if you're in a relationship you bring issues in the relationship if you're in a relationship you've got issues you bring them there we all have baggage. We all have sin issues. So if you're in a relationship, stop worrying about your spouse's issues, your boyfriend's issues, your girlfriend's issues. Focus on becoming more Christ-like. That's what we're going to talk about today. The plank in your eye, getting stuck on your spouse's issues when you have plenty to focus on yourself. Stop worrying about all the issues that your spouse is having. Focus on your own. Wow, if I could soapbox on one thing, this would be a great one. Martha, as you and I have worked I don't think with, you could ever soapbox on just one thing. But this is one that I could soapbox okay. on. When we have sat down, Martha and I have sat down and had the privilege of working with uh, hundreds of couples, but in a mentor relationship, 70 plus couples. And this is something that almost every couple struggles with, including us. Well, I think people in general, even people that aren't in a relationship struggle with this. They see the the problems everybody else has in their lives and they don't look at what they're doing themselves. Yeah, it, it's just, it's a tough one. You know, mm-hmm. I grabbed the scripture because mm-hmm. I thought this would be a good one. Jesus said, this is from the Sermon yeah, on the Mount, good. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. And this is the New Living Translation for all of you King Jamesers. I don't read that and I don't read it on the air. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just that I don't understand it. All right, so New Living Translation, which is a, a very new translation, which is super easy to read out loud and It's kind of, it's a good one anyway. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? 
How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get the log out of your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Emphasis added by Jim Brangenberg. (laughs) Drama. And that's what I'm good at. But this is really the issue we, we all struggle with. It is so much easier to focus on other people's issues <laughs> and not on our own. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny because really, if you have a, let's think about this for a minute. If you have a log in your eye, it's really hard to even see the speck in your friend's eye. Well, first of all, I've had sawdust in my eye. And one speck of sawdust in my eye had to go to the doctor. Actually, it was a little piece of ceiling tile at one time. That's right. One little speck could almost not function in reality. It was so painful. I can't imagine having a log in my eye. But, I mean, Jesus is using a little bit of hyperbole here. Big Mm -hmm. word. Look it up if you don't know what it is. Hyperbole. Go back to school, even though it's summer. It is. But he was doing this because it is so true. We, We have... We come with issues. We come with baggage. And in our relationships, you know, none of us are perfect. You, you look like you desperately want to read something. Well, I just want to clarify what the actual lie is that we're talking about today. Okay, because, go ahead and read it. So from the book, The Lies Couples Believe, um, we've talked about the purpose of marriage is to be happy, that that's a lie, that my spouse can completely meet all my needs. You complete me. You are my density. And that then was this week. one, it's the actual lie is that my spouse is a bigger mess of a human being than I am. Oh, that's good. We should... So I wrote it down wrong. that's uh, where the plank in the eye concept is 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 focusing on. It's the fact that the lie <laughs> that we believe is, Jim, you're more of a mess than I am. Well, it's true. So, but in our marriage, no, 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 that's no, no, true. No. But it's that true in every marriage. No, it's not. But in our marriage, it is definitely true. And everybody listening, no, they're laughing now. They're going, yep, no, it's true, Jim. It's true that we ourselves are always a bigger mess than the other person because this isn't about comparison about how many times you put your foot in your mouth how many times you you know forget to um, put the laundry in the dryer whatever the case might be why are you listing those specific things (laughs) no particular reason my point what about forget to wash the windshield in your van we're both very guilty of that. Jim's been driving around for like two weeks with a tic-tac-toe <laughs> on the inside of his windshield. Trying because, to drive me crazy, so I'll clean it off. Because he keeps trying to remember to do it when we get home, and then when we get home and you pull in, and then you don't see the reflection on your windshield, and you forget that it's dirty. So what are some of the issues you struggle with? That, no, but so oh, let me just, oh, so I, I want to drill this down, is the fact that is that we believe the lie that we're married to somebody who's more of a mess than we are. Well, why'd you marry him? Um, because up until the I do's, you think that they're the most perfect person on the face of the earth. <laughs> up until the I do's, you think you can, but you can't. Oh, maybe. And that I'm sure that's another lie in there somewhere. So, All right. So let's just step back from it because we're going to talk about this the whole hour today. And it is so important, especially as you translate this into the workplace. We do get so caught up in other people's issues that we tend to minimize the significance of our own issues, right? Yes. Okay. How have we seen the Lord involved in the infinite, finite details of our lives recently? 
Does it necessarily have to relate to this or just seeing no, human? No, okay. No, no. Um, I was actually thinking about this because... Good, you were prepping for the show. I was, believe it or not. So last week we had some sweet friends over for breakfast. As opposed to inviting enemies over for breakfast, we invited sweet or friends. Or for dinner. I, okay. That was my point there. Okay. And they were, we, were, we were just talking about hospitality and having people in the home and how much more um, deep a relationship can get when you're in the home as opposed to meeting in a coffee shop or something like that. And the very next day, I read John 3, and John 3 is all about showing hospitality to missionaries, and the the whole culture back then was, um, you know, people traveled, and they they relied upon people in the cities that they visited to for housing and food and things like that. They didn't have hotels and um, things like that to depend on. So it just was neat that we'd had this conversation and you and I love to um, have people in our home and then Absolutely. to read so much in, better to feed them here read in scripture um, just a reminder of that call to to do that and just hey, the timing of that was what was in my Bible reading the next morning it, it just you know that's a, that's a int, it's a little detail and maybe some people wouldn't even remember from one day to the next but to me it was just a good affirmation that Yes, that's a good thing that we do, and we spend our time um, making sure that we're ministering to people when they're in our home. So there you go. How about you, Jim? I like that. You You know, I was just thinking about how a couple weeks ago we had a very specific need. We had an issue, and we had a need. Mm -hmm. It was a monetary need. And at the time where we had this need, the Lord sent somebody very specifically to answer that monetary need. I mean, within hours— of it. Actually, he sent the money right before we found we had the need. Yeah. I just, I, I was so, I'm, I'm amazed. I don't know why I'm amazed at how the Lord provides, but I'm also just amazed at how he continues to help us network around the country to help get iWork for him prepared to go on satellite so that other stations can pick it up. And, and I'm amazed at the partners that he's creating. And, you know, we're just a couple of Yo, nobody's. You can't say country bumpkins. I know that's no, what we're you're not, thinking. No. But we're Minnesotans. Just, we're, <laughs> we're from the great white tundra. That's right. We are. You know. Yeah, for sure. We're you sand dwellers you. or something like well, that. Well, we are now. <laughs> a little sunburned. All right. So let's get back to this. I believe my spouse is a weighed up, way bigger screwed up mess than I am. So therefore, I can help fix them. Yeah, that's Isn't that not what a, it, is that what it was eh, said? That's a good, that's a good uh, translation. All right. So why, did, why do you think Jesus brought this up? I mean, I got an idea. I mean, I, I, I guess we don't, I don't know how far into the ministry he spoke the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, a couple of the Gospels break up the Sermon on the Mount into multiple places. Matthew's got it all smack dab in five, six, and seven. But it was into the ministry, and I got to believe he's 30 plus years old. He's been going to temple for all those years. I bet he's sick and tired of religious people pointing out faults in other people when they got their own issues. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he was. And maybe he was sick and tired of all his disciples. Not that Jesus gets sick and tired of us, but I'm sure he was sick and tired of the bickering. And I bet the disciples were really good at pointing out other people's fault. I mean, it's pretty easy to pick on Peter. I relate totally to Peter. Pretty easy to pick on Peter and go, Peter, what, how big was that shoe today, Peter? I mean, but to be able to look at uh, the issues they had, I bet he was just tired of it. You know, in this section, I just pulled out my Life Application Study Bible, which we both have and love dearly. Another free endorsement right here. Yes, I right work there. for him. 
um, but the it, in this section of the um, Sermon on the Mount, it starts off with do not judge. And then it goes into that. And um, the little commentary here says it's a call to be discerning rather than negative. So, you know, I I think it's one of the things I was kind of prepping myself for was at some point you're probably going to say, well, Martha, what are the, you know, splinters you see in my life? But that's not the point. The point. No, because you see logs in my eyes. No, the point is that that shouldn't be our focus. We can be discerning if we see things that are a real problem. Um, that is, you know, we need to be aware of them, but not so judgmental and focused on them that we aren't in constant um, desire to become more Christ-like ourselves. Well, and I think with us, most of the time, we've gotten really good. First of all, I never tell you when I don't like your outfit after we've already left the house. Oh, Sunday morning. You told me I had a purse that didn't match my dress. Oh, I did after we left the house. (laughs) So we're walking, we were visiting a church that we're meeting with very soon, and, and... Martha's purse clashed big time with it her did. dress. It did, but it was intentional because my Bible fit in it, and so uh, that's what I decided. It was, it was bad. Anyway. So, anyway. So issues like that we find in each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty self-deprecating, so I'm pretty good at finding my own faults, but let's just let's pick on what are some of the things that you see that I need to be working on that that you... I'm not going to answer that question. You're not? Why not? Because that's the whole point of this chapter is that... You don't have a list? um, If I were focusing on all the things you needed to be Listeners, I think you should listen. She is totally not answering this question. No, I really am not going to answer the question. Do you have a list? Nope. Okay. Really? Because when there's something that really is bothering me that's really inconsequential... um, I pray about it because I know that Satan's just trying to bug me. What if there's something bothering you that's consequential? Oh, then we have conversation, but okay. it's not about... So you don't ever um, hide anything that, like that from me? No. Okay. All right. No, I don't think so. I think that um, there that's the whole point is that we have a constructive conversation always going on with each other. Yes, I I have a hard time taking criticism, and we talk about this a lot because I'm a words of affirmation person. So if you're not affirming me and you're telling me I've done something wrong, I, I but I still need to know when I'm doing something wrong. But that's not what we're talking about. If there's little things that are bugging me, that means that there's something bigger in my own life I need to be focusing on. Well, and honestly, that whole idea of you can you you we focus on other people's issues so we don't deal with our own or we get so busy we stay so busy so we never have to deal with reality mm-hmm. that's why we do the marriage retreat cruise every year is to get give couples an opportunity to get away from all the noise and be able to listen to each other and really work on issues that they need to work on mm-hmm. but that they wouldn't because they're too busy or they're too busy fixing other people's issues that they never stop to take care of their own right and they do it, and they get the quiet time. Mm, quiet is good. And you can find out more about the Marriage Retreat Cruise. It's coming up next March. That's right, March 30th, 2017. If you enroll now, you can have that thing paid off by Christmas and be able to still enjoy the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the events page to find out more about our Marriage Retreat Cruise. It is life-changing, and it has nothing to do with us. We happen to be there, but... It is life-changing because of the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, so getting back to the lies that couples believe, my spouse is a bigger mess of a human being than I am. You know, when we look at how Jesus brought it up, and Jesus wasn't married, 
but he hung out with a bunch of people who were struggling with all the other issues. But what Jesus demonstrated very consistently is he saw issues in other people, but he didn't berate them over their issues. He just said, go and sin no more. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where you were saying, well, how come, you know, do you bring things up? And we do have conversations about it, but I'm not... I'm not holding things over your head. But again, it's the whole concept of little things in this world should not be the things we're drawing a line in the sand over. And um, one of the things the author asks is the question of how do we go from falling hopelessly in love to to nitpicking and every little quirk or flaw about our spouse driving us crazy? Well, and, and I don't know. It's because you got your head in your sand when you're dating. Because when you're dating, if you date well enough if you court well enough you will see the issues that people have you just have to look for it and and you're anybody that's marrying anybody is marrying somebody that's got some flaws got some issues got some baggage even depending on how old they are they have a lot of years of baggage right um but in the relationship you know going back to we always talk about learning to communicate as the most important part of having any healthy relationship and that means communicating about real things all throughout your courting and then your marriage not just uh burying it well and that's the whole idea behind the marriage vows for better or for worse some days there's worse mm-hmm. some days there's better mm-hmm. some days there's just pretty good and and, and Oh, we got we got to move on because we got to talk about how do we overcome this. But if you find yourself struggling with your spouse's issues or your friend's issues or your boss's issues or your neighbor's issues, repent and, and, and confess to the Lord saying, I am sorry I'm so focused on Bob, Jane, Susie, Sally's issues. That Lord, help me to just focus on my own and just to love them unconditionally. Because that's what Jesus really did so, he did so well. All right, so how? what are some of the ways that we'll know that we think we're better than our spouse? <laughs> well, one of the things that the author says is when we criticize our spouse's flaws. So when we're, we're bringing them up in a critical manner, not just saying, hey, Jim, you know, I, this is something that's been bothering me. But What is it? Oh, don't do that. Well, I, I want to, we always try to be very transparent on the show. I mean, it, is, do we got any issues we need to deal with? <laughs> I'm not going to keep a list. <laughs> it's not something that just comes over the top of your head? Uh, oh, she did She did talk about my driving today. I drive a little go-kart, a little Scion XD, and, and it's it's fun to drive alone. I mean, it is like a go-kart. I mean, that thing handles very, very well, and it's just 100 horsepower. But where we live, you don't need any more than that because you're those 88,000 lights. But today she said, you know, it's really hard to be a passenger in your car. <laughs> you said it very oh, lovingly. Oh, yeah. Okay. But what she meant was, could you be a little more courteous of the well, passenger? Well, I was hanging your... onto the handle above my seat. As her feet were flying out the window. As he's going around the corner. So, yeah, my feet weren't flying out the window. But the whole point, um, what the author was saying is that if we find ourselves being criticizing over and over again, um, then that's definitely one indicator that I feel like I am better than you. So let's talk clothing in closets. When we first got married, we set this rule that if we got something new, we were going to get rid of something old. And, And that was so that our closets didn't end up like our certain very close relatives who gave birth to us. 
<clears throat> where they occupy multiple closets in their homes. And and that's something that I know I have been judgmental of you, but it's because as a man, I don't understand why you need that many clothes. But yet every day when I get dressed and you say, man, you look really cute. That outfit is really cute. That's because I'm able to put it together from the things in my closet. We need one of those electronic rotating things, no, though. We so don't. She, we can raise it up no, into the rafters. We don't. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's my closet. And it is something that I do pick on my wife about, that she has a lot of clothes. Because you're very black and white. And you know what? I am. Yet, yet. Okay, all things considered, I have a whole lot less than a whole lot of other people <laughs> that I know. But I know she has I less shoes. I shouldn't be comparing to other people. S- certain I should friends only be in other cities north of here, we know that for sure. All right, listen, you're just, <laughs> we're so glad you're tuning in today on I Work Rim together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha as we tackle the lies that couples believe. And today's lie: my spouse is a bigger mess of a human being than I am. All right, uh, Martha brought up. Mm. She goes, "How come you're picking on my closet?" And I said, well, you weren't bringing up anything about the issues that I've got. And I know that I have. I was confessing that I pick on Martha because of her closet. And it's it's not as organized as our daughter's closet. We used to be in color order by style. But it is fairly organized. It just has a lot of it's stuff. It's just small. It. Oh, it's That's a small. That's what it is. For <laughs> all you small. people, For all you people in a third world or in a developing nation, no. it's a small closet. Okay. But Martha said, well, if I were to dig really deep, I could come up with something that I have an issue with you about. Go ahead, baby. You eat too fast. What do you mean? How can anybody eat too fast? You lean over your plate and and just eat. I don't want to drop anything on the floor. What no, if I missed a that bite? Is, no, no, no. Sit up. Relax. Enjoy. Then I'll get food on my shirt. No. Are are you arguing with me or are you listening to construction? Construction? Yeah, <laughs> constructive instruction. <laughs> it's a new thing. No, construction is a thing. I know, but I it. just used it you in use, a new way. Martha just created a conjunction. <laughs> That's right. But it is true. I eat too fast. And, and that was because I was always in a hurry. But and we're not in we a hurry. We learn to we're eat fast. We're empty nesters. High school, high we're school not lunch. In a hurry. Do you remember high school lunch? Yes, you had we had a, 13 minutes. Yes, or something I like think that. we had 17. That's why I only ate a milkshake. Right. So we had, and you had to get in line, get your food, sit down, meet, find your friends, eat your food, and get back up, and then get out before the bell rang. Yes, it was exhausting, honey. That was a really long time. I ago. understand, but you make habits that imprint no. on you when you're in high school. But so, are you able to change? I don't think so. Are you willing? I don't. Well, well how does it impact me? How does it impact you if I eat too fast? Um, because you don't. You make everybody in a hurry. You feel you feel like it's a rush. I don't want to focus on this on the radio. <laughs> There's a counselor out there who can help no. Martha and I. No. Okay. Okay. No. So what are some other ways you'll know that you think you're better than your spouse? How about uh, shaming your spouse for having imperfections? Mm, shame on like you. Like eating too fast. No. I wasn't shaming No, she you. wasn't. I brought That's it up anyway. That's why I didn't even want to bring All it up. For- Becoming hyper vigilant about looking for the next mistake your oh. spouse makes. I've met guys like this. If I find you out there listening and you're doing this to your wife, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> he will. I will smack he you. Will. Because you know what? There are so many guys. I mean, most guys that I meet have married way above their pedigree and <laughs> should just be grateful that they have a wife. 
let alone to pick on her imperfections. Oh, my word. You know, I think we all struggle with that, though, looking for, again, taking the, ref- the you know, deflecting off of us. We're looking for that next mistake that somebody else is making so that we can focus on that rather than ourselves. So these are these are like bad coping mechanisms in a sense, if you want to say that. Hey, Angel called in from Plant City. Thanks, Angel. Way to, way to be brave. Love that. We'll get that book out there in a couple of days. We'd like to hear back from you, though, as to how the book Surrender impacted your life. Thanks for calling in today mm. and for listening to I Work For Him. All right, so how about instead of focusing on the negative, how about you overlook the positive qualities of your spouse? That's a dangerous thing. Like Martha, you, that I'm such a snappy dresser. You are a snappy dresser, Jim. When you pull my clothes up for me. When I set them out. <laughs> no, when I buy them. No. <laughs> when you pick them out and you buy them and you put and you iron them and you put them out for me on you Sunday know, morning. This is something that's really easy to fall short in um, because we get so used to each other that we forget to um, compliment and focus on the positive. And we, everybody needs to hear what they're doing well. And be encouraged and look for those positive things in each other. And if you're not doing that and you're withholding it on purpose, then that is really a dangerous place to be. By the way, I meant to tell you, and I'll just tell you right now, that new MTL commercial, you did a really nice job writing that MTL commercial. Oh, thanks. And if you'd like to write the rest of the commercials, (laughs) I'm going to gladly hand that over to you. I think everybody's ready for some fresh ones. so We'll We'll work on that. Put that on your list Mm -hmm. if you would. Okay, so how about... Stiff arming any effort on your spouse's part to point out your own imperfections, like mm-hmm. I did to you when you brought up that I eat too fast. I came up with a whole bunch of excuses. Yeah, but the most they were all true. Hmm. Hmm. What is <laughs> I'm I'm doing a gym mm-hmm. thing. He has this new thing. Hmm. No, I hmm. and I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. No, that is, that's, you know, you can deflect. Again, I don't know why I keep saying the word deflect, but. We have a plexiglass wall between us just in case. No, we don't. No, we don't. But. um, Maybe we should. But it is true. The minute your spouse, the minute your spouse starts criticizing, Mm. you you start putting up your defenses and you're like, deflect is a very good word, actually. Yeah. Well, and I know you've said to me before when I've said something, you're like, well, what else are you holding back? I'm like, I don't know. That's just what I thought of just now. It's not like for 30 years. It's not like for 30 years, this has been something that, although I know I've told you at different times in your life, you 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 do? No, no, no. You just say, slow down. Slow down. Relax. And then she rubs my arms. Drives me nuts. (laughs) Like he's a kitty cat. Slow slow down. down. Slow down. Okay. You didn't tell me that. I just slow down. So and I know now I hear it's what you're doing for all you nutritionists out there listening today. I understand if you eat slower, you fill up faster and you'll be skinnier. Maybe that's my fear too. If I eat it all really fast, I got room for dessert before I get full. That shouldn't be a fear, Jim. <laughs> Nobody wants to miss dessert. You're right. I should then do what your grandpa Frank did. Eat dessert first. That's right. Okay. Final one of ways to know if you think Final way for you to know if you think you're better than your spouse, walk around with a constant smell of superiority emanating from you and fouling the air. Yeah, that's... You run into religious people like that all the time. mm, That's tough to be around people like that. It's tough to work around people like that. That's what you see a lot at work. People who just think they're better than you. I mean, there are some people that may be more... 
highly qualified than you, but they're not better. Nobody's better. I mean, that's what the Bible makes pretty clear. We're all screwed up. A a good team is full of different skill sets and working together in an environment where you can say, oh, I know that that person is really good at writing commercials, so I'm going to make sure they're the ones that gets to do that for us, just using your example. And um, there may be somebody else who's really good at something else. So uh, not lording it over that everybody else that you're better in that area, but just taking that responsibility and making sure that you're working together as a team. So. I like that. You like that? I do like that. But it takes a really humble person to accept construction, as you said, mm-hmm. constructive construction. instruction, <laughs> construction, as Martha said, constructive instruction. That is something I do make fun of Martha all the time. She makes up words. That one was actually a real word that she just smashed two of them into one. But it takes a humble person to actually recognize, hey, I I do have issues. I do need to work on those issues. I don't consider that a flaw, though. (laughs) Like, I don't feel like you're... Making up words? Yeah. Do you think it's a flaw? Like, I should stop doing it? Making up words? Yeah. No, it's cute. Okay. (laughs) I'm just checking. But it is an issue that you do have. It is an issue, but it's a hereditary... I know, and you pass it on to our children. (laughs) Specifically our son. Up and down the bloodline. We all do it. We make up words and we use them appropriately where we think they fit. (laughs) I have my own So going back to the humility it takes to recognize these things about themselves. One of the things that we do in marriage mentoring, and you as a manager or a supervisor can do the same things. We have couples write down all the things they think are screwed up about themselves. Nope, we start off with all the things that they think are screwed up about their spouse. Then we have them write down all the things they think are screwed up, that they think their spouse thinks are screwed up about them. So in other words, if Martha and I were getting mentored by us, I would have Martha write down all the things that she thinks are screwed up about me. And then I'd have Martha write down all the things that she thinks I think are screwed up about her. And then what we do if we tell people to bring those to the next meeting, and then we have them rip up all the things that they think are screwed up about their spouse, because those aren't important. They need to work on the issues that they have themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing they can fix. You can't fix your spouse. You can't. We're broken. But Jesus can fix us. That's the good news. Yep. He came to restore all things. He redeemed all things. He comes to restore all things. He can fix all of us. Well, I just asked this question. I'm going to put you on the spot again. I'm pretty good at this today. Every day. Every day? Yeah. So has the Lord restored things in my life that were initially extraordinarily irritating and agitating to you at the beginning of our marriage compared to today? Have I made some improvement? Oh, yeah. Of course, when we she first did got... hesitate like 10 seconds no. there. I'm just kidding. Honey, we're oh, on the radio. My goodness. Nobody can see your face. So when we first got I married... I was worried you are going to say no. I don't think there was anything that irritated me. Because, oh. you know, when you first get married, you think the other person is perfect. Um, and so... People are now laughing. But I think that there Hold are... on to the wheel. If you're driving, oh, do not laugh so hard. Stop. But I do think that there have been different points in our life where different things have bothered me and... Um, either we've talked about them because it was something that you, you really, you know, we really needed to talk about, or I prayed about them and said, Lord, why is this bothering me? And I don't know that we've ever even really talked about this, but I have, why? what was it? No, 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 not oh. a particular thing, but there have been points in my life when I've said, Lord, I don't know why X is bothering me so much. 
what is it in my own life that I'm supposed to be focusing you on? You actually pray that? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I say, okay, uh, there's something I must need to be working on. Please help me to focus on that rather than focusing on tapping your pen or whatever. I don't know what oh, it is. Oh, there it is. There's another thing I do. <laughs> no, when I, I get a clicker you. pen, when I get a clicker pen, I'm a clicker. And we uh, now and, and, are in an office together, and there will be times where he's... I don't have a clicker pen on my a, desk. his post-it notepad. He'll, oh. you know, make little noises. Oh, my but word. But that's okay. Good thing there's a break coming up. I just up. tell you to quit. You're listening to I Work Room <laughs> with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Together on Tuesdays as we tackle the lies that couples believe. Today's lie, the plank in your eye. My spouse is a bigger mess of a human being than I am. And really, this is an... This is an argument that we have in our heads all the time. I don't know about you, but I've worked in offices where I definitely have thought that my office workers, my coworkers, were a bigger mess than I am. And I'm sure they thought the same thing about me. So when we talk about marriage and relationship issues here on I Work For Him, this really applies to every relationship that you have. But very specifically, if you want to preserve your marriage, every marriage is preservable, fixable, and made Fantasticable. I just made up a now word. Now you're making up. I words. did it just to make you happy. Fantasticable. Fantastic. If you wanted to make it fantasticable, uh, <laughs> you we have to stop looking at our spouse's issues and focus on ours because you can't fix your spouse's issues, and and that's recognizing that we've got a judgmental issue towards our spouse is really probably the biggest part of the battle. Mm. Just recognizing, hey, if you. If you want to know if you're one of these people that thinks you're better than your spouse, this these are some of the things you might do. Criticize your spouse's flaws. Shame your spouse for having imperfections. Become hypervigilant about looking for the next mistake your spouse makes. Overlook the positive qualities your spouse has. Stiff arm or block or defer. Is that what you used for the word? Deflect. Deflect any effort on your spouse's part to point out your own imperfections. Or finally, walk around with a constant smell of superiority emanating from you and fouling the air. That's how you can know whether you're one of these judgmental people and you're constantly think you're better than your spouse. So let's keep people on a positive note. Glass half full Martha here. There you go. Well, the author offers um, some truths that help us to um, know how to get our marriage back on track to be healthier and safer. And the first thing is that he uses Romans 7, 18 and 19 in order for us to understand that there's nothing about us that is inevitably good. And in that scripture verse, it says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. So there's nothing about your fallen self that is good. And then he goes on in Romans 12, 3 to say, you're not a better person than your spouse. And that's where Paul says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. That's right. Uh, and that's, I had to memorize that verse. because sometimes think so as to have sound judgment. Ooh, you memorized the second half of the verse. I remember, memorized that whole chapter at one point in my life. Wow. And the final one, final one, humility, final truth in really working on this, humility is the most important character trait in marriage. First Peter 5, 5 says this, and all of you, that represents all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. Dress yourself in humility 
Imagine what that looks like. They sell those at Walmart? Nope. No, they don't. And and, uh, the unfortunate part is a lot of people buy into Christianity without recognizing that Jesus was the perfect example of humility. And that's something we need to address ourselves with. We, we need to become more and more like him. Honey, we've come to another end of another show. I, I don't know how it goes so fast, but it really does go fast. <laughs> it does, but it's fun. I enjoy talking with you. Oh, that's so sweet. I have an amazing wife. And you know what? If, if you ever want to meet the two of us, if you've got a church that you'd like to come have us come speak about, marriage or business issues, we'd love to come speak at your local church. Just get a hold of us. Go out to our website and click on Contact Us, iWorkForHim.com. All right, you've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.